0: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry and podcast ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located in Greenville, Texas. Now, in these few moments we spend together each week, you'll hear great and stirring interviews and powerful messages from the Word of God. But the reason for it all is so you can be touched by... Mr. Chet Haney, back again with the His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. I'm pastor of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church in Greenville, Texas, and if you didn't know, it Greenville's actually a college town. <laughs> we don't we don't have a major university here, but there's one 15 miles away, and that is the Texas m University Commerce, with around 15,000 students, I think, altogether. So we really do have a, a responsibility at our church, I believe, to develop college ministry. And one of the fringe benefits of that has been some of the relationships that we've uh, been privileged to develop uh, with, for instance, Kevin Paniagua, who is the assistant director, and have his wife, Katie, in with me today. So glad to have you back, Katie. Thank you for coming.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: You bet. She's uh, done such a, a service to the body uh, by sharing her story uh, in the last session, and we're going to pick up today because, Katie, why is it that people feel funny about counseling? Why is there a stigma associated with that? What do you think?
1: <laughs> it's a big question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that a big part of it, um, at least for me growing up with regard to mental health, mm-hmm. um, I really associate it with a lack of faith or a sin issue and kind of the idea of pray it out. Um and so I think mm, there's this work idea, it out, mm-hmm.
0: take care of it, right. confess it. Exactly. You know, so I uh, think suppress it,
1: mm-hmm, yeah. absorb it, right.
0: And whatever you do, don't say anything about it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think there's really this idea that you know, hope and healing is ultimately found in the Lord, which I absolutely agree with. Right. Um, but this idea that so we should be able to find it on our own. We don't yeah. need this outside help if you are, you know. If you love the Lord enough and you study His Word enough, then you'll be fine, and these problems might go away.
0: Um, no, they'll just go away, uh-huh. which is actually counter to Scripture, for the Bible tells us, "Confess your faults to one another uh-huh. and pray for one another," uh-huh. which actually is a, a verse about counseling. Um, there's another verse that says, uh, "If we, um, if we uh, hide our sins." That the Lord will not hear, but if we confess and forsake them, we'll find mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're, you're, you're dead on accurate, uh, by the implication that we have to at all costs sort of preserve this, um, illusion, I think mm-hmm. of, um, you know, invincibility and nobody's allowed to admit any weaknesses or any failures uh we got to keep that quiet and and keep a sort of facebook uh uh impression you know that everything okay. is great you know in our world which is really just not uh, it's just not reality right all of us have needs all of us need counseling you know in in one form or another and jesus is the wonderful counselor of course mm-hmm. but um why do you find it um helpful that in addition to talking to Jesus, it's helpful to sit down, especially with someone who has the training, mm-hmm. someone who has the, um, the chops <laughs> to be able to, uh, to help you. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to a person who's considering maybe, um, taking the, the plunge mm-hmm. to get some help?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, um, it's really, for me, it was really beneficial to have, someone to talk to that was right there. I'm very much a verbal processor. So Mm -hmm. I was pretty overwhelmed with everything that had gone on in my life and didn't even know where to begin. Um, So to have someone say, okay, you know, here's where we start and to walk alongside with me through that journey of finding healing and ultimately pointing me to the Lord and his healing. Um, But it was just so helpful to have someone kind of help me clarify my thoughts and where I was at. And these next steps that we needed to take in using techniques that, of course, have been found to be um, helpful and to you know help people in their journey to find healing and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really helpful to have someone that's trained specifically in mean, ways to do that. Um, I loved that it was also a third party that was outside the situation that mm-hmm. legally could not say anything that I had said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, couldn't share that with anyone. So it was just this person that I knew. Um, I could trust and that I knew was trained specifically to help people like me, um, find this healing. And of course I wanted a Christian counselor to be able to help me find that healing in the Lord.
0: Yeah. And, um, you knew this was, uh, legit. You could tell Mm -hmm. this was working and having an effect on you. Did that give you kind of a desire early on to maybe someday want to provide that same kind of help to others?
1: Yeah, it really did. Um, As I started to see, you know, even just um, different practical, being given practical techniques, like, okay, when you start having a panic attack, here are ways that you can calm yourself down. Hmm. Um, Or as I went through the months of counseling, realizing, hey, I'm not having nightmares anymore, um, things like that. I was really, um, I wasn't a skeptic going into counseling, but I didn't realize the impact that it was going to have. I didn't realize yeah. how much it would help me. Um, so when I started realizing it, I was like, wow, this is really, this is legit. This is really helping. This is yeah. really um, improving my life and helping me, you know, grow deeper in my relationship with the Lord and things like that. Um, and so as I was going through the process, I kind of was interested in psychology and counseling. But once I got to the end, I knew, you know, I want to go and be able to do what my counselor did for me with other people.
0: Would it be uh, permissible uh, to do sort of an example? Let's say I came into you and I was really feeling anxiety Mm -hmm. and um, let's say I couldn't uh, really um, stop it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like I was uh, oppressed with worry and uh, I'm just uh, down and I can't get myself back up and, I am uh struggling with uh you know certain circumstances that just uh, are so painful and I'm just discouraged about it um and uh, I don't know what to do mm-hmm. um how would you uh encourage me as a counselor what what are some steps you would give me
1: mm-hmm.
0: in a situation like that
1: Yeah so I think um, first, anyone that's dealt with anxiety knows that when you're really anxious, you're not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think first steps would be to give some practical, okay, here are ways to physically calm your body down um, so that your body and your brain has the resources and the energy to be able to think logically through certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think trying to get to the root of where is this anxiety coming from? Is there a specific thing you're anxious about? Is it everything that you're anxious about? Um, obviously, with being, you know, in the future I want to be a counselor that is heavily influenced by Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking to see what the Lord says about the peace that he does offer. Yeah. Um And kind of that being the goal that we are striving to grab onto that peace, take hold of it, um, and fight for that peace. And so kind mm-hmm. of helping someone walk through how to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you share just, for example, some of those physical steps to help mm-hmm. calm your body down if you're really... Just sort of uh, jacked up with um, uh, all kinds of um, you know emotional physical stress,
1: right, yeah, um, so one that my counselor taught me that I actually loved um was to do certain breathing techniques um mm-hmm. and to count so say for 5 seconds you breathe yeah. in for 4 seconds you hold it for 7 seconds you breathe out really? um mm-hmm. and just changing the pattern kind of disrupts your body and your body has mm-hmm. to stop and wait you know realize wait my mm-hmm. breathing's changing and you know my breath being hold right now mm-hmm. and so your body really tunes into those breaths coming in and out mm-hmm. um there used to be interesting
0: just a manipulation of the actual breathing process in order to tell your body that you're in control kind Mm -hmm. of type deal.
1: Yeah. And just to kind of, you know, in a way your body kind of starts spinning out of control. So like you Mm -hmm. said, to kind of grab that control and refocus it, obviously breathing's important. So it's Mm going to pay attention to Mm -hmm. wait. My breathing has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, there used to, yeah. Um, there used to be this idea of, you know, the, different senses that okay like pick five things that you can see four things that you can smell things like that Um, and they found that that is not as helpful but that the senses really need to be engaged um so my professor just the other day was telling us mm-hmm. that they're now recommending that people who maybe are having panic attacks go outside mm-hmm. um, with their bare feet and walk mm-hmm. in the grass to feel the grass
0: mm-hmm. or
1: eat a mint something that has a strong flavor um, things mm-hmm. like that listen to music something to kind of mm-hmm. um, distract your body but also kind of ground your body to reality and what's actually happening. And, you know, the grass is really there. I'm really tasting this. Mm -hmm. Um, cause sometimes your mind can kind of wander.
0: So sensory, uh, stimulation Mm -hmm. of all the five senses. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Okay. Um, do you find that your, um, your husband, uh, is, um, a good, uh, target for you to practice on <laughs> sometimes
1: yeah poor kevin he has had to already do some for one of my classes i have to yeah. mock sessions uh-huh. and i have to film them yeah. and so he has already been my client um, a few times
0: <laughs> he should be so well adjusted by the time you get through with your training oh, right. Yeah. you were going to tell us uh, about the just the hours required to finish this process can you can you kind of describe, you know, what it takes to become an LPC?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so LPC, for those that don't know, is a licensed professional counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really important to me to be licensed. Um, when you're not, you mainly stay within churches. Um, but I think that the secular world also obviously desperately needs counseling and yeah. Christian counselors. Um, and so I will do grad school for about three years um, and then before I graduate, I have to get 300 hours um, of experience with clients. So I'll start in the spring seeing clients under a supervisor. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. And then once I graduate, I will take my licensing exam. Um, and once I pass that, I have five years to get 3,000 hours of experience before 30, I'm on my own.
0: hours Sounds like a lot.
1: Yes, it's a little uh, overwhelming.
0: And you haven't started that?
1: Yeah. I have not. You can't okay. start that until you've graduated and you're licensed. Okay. Um And so you're technically an LPC associate. Um You have a supervisor that you work under and uh-huh. get those hours.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once you get that, wow, you'll be set up.
1: Right, yes.
0: And you can actually, uh, you know, help people in a variety of different situations. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, could I ask you to do me a favor? Yeah. Katie, there may be someone listening right now i don't know uh panic anxiety uh life issues memories uh hurts mm-hmm. and uh i hope that if they're listening that maybe right now you could speak into their situation mm-hmm. and offer uh let's say a word of encouragement mm-hmm. maybe a word of uh counsel
1: yeah
0: instruction what would you say to that person in um I don't know how general, how specific you might Mm -hmm. want
1: to be. Yeah. So I think the first thing I would say um, is that you are not alone. Mm. And there are millions of people who have gone through this and are going through it right now. Um, And I don't say that to lessen people's situation, um, to act as though, you know, oh, everyone deals with depression or something like that. Um, But as an encouragement that, you know, there are people um, like me who have walked through that and are on the other side. And yeah. have found hope and healing. Because um, yeah. in the midst of whatever you're going through, it seems really hopeless. It seems, you know, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but just for them to know that there are so many people who have been there um, and are living full, happy, successful lives. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people going through it with them. Um, yeah. And it can be so important to find that support from other people um, who can relate or just to find um You know, one or two trusted people, whether that's a pastor, a spouse, a friend, even a counselor, um, to find someone that you can talk to about it because it's so important to be able um, to process those feelings. And just, you know, we talked last week about how important it is to have um, a listening ear and to have someone that will just be able to sit there and listen to whatever you have to say. Right. So I think just, you know, know you're not alone and just find someone to talk to, um, to be able to share your feelings and thoughts with.
0: Good words. Well, let's, uh, end our session if we could, uh, pull all this together with a prayer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Katie, I'm going to put you on the spot a little (laughs) bit. I want to ask you to be the one to say our prayer Mm -hmm. and let's, uh, let's pray this prayer and I'll join with you. I'll agree with you in prayer, um, on behalf of our listeners today.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Lord, I thank you that you are our comforter, our counselor, our healer, Lord. Amen. I thank you that no issue on earth, um, no circumstances that we are facing are outside of your control and outside of your power, Lord. And so I just ask right now, Lord, for anyone um, that is struggling with anything or has a family member who is struggling with, you know, whether it be depression, anxiety, anything like that, Lord, um, that you would comfort them, um, that you would be near to them, that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord. Um, that you would just give them the wisdom on what resources um, to look for, what people to go to, Lord, Um, that ultimately these people would just find hope and healing in you, Lord. Um, I thank you that with um, your help, Lord, that we are able to find um, complete freedom, complete salvation, complete restoration, God. Um, So we praise you for that. We thank you for that. and pray all this in your son's name.
0: Amen. 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 I agree with this prayer. And I'm so grateful to our studio guest today. Thank you, Katie, for coming in to uh, share in this uh, very helpful way. And look forward to um, relationship with you in the future as we um, refer to each other. Perhaps Uh, counseling is an important role of the pastor that we're Probably lacking in in terms of training and experience. Sometimes it sure is good to have partners in ministry that we can call on, like yourself. So thank you so much, and thank you to our listeners today for being a part of our His Mighty Hand radio broadcast. God bless you. I'm Pastor Chet Haney.
1: And now here's the host of His Mighty Hand, Pastor Chet
0: Haney. Jonah went to that godless city called Nineveh. What happened there? When Jonah came and said 40 days and this city will be destroyed. What was their response? They humbled themselves from the greatest to the least, from the king to the servant. Everyone was in sackcloth and ashes. Everyone was fasting and praying. Everyone was repentant saying, perhaps, maybe there's a chance that God may relent and have mercy on us. Whether he does or not, we're gonna, we're gonna pray. Confess and repent. That's what happened in Nineveh. Jesus said the men of Nineveh will stand in judgment against this generation. Because greater works were done in you than was done in Nineveh. Nineveh got to see a guy who was raised out of a whale. You're going to see a guy who's raised out of the grave. And what Jesus is saying in these woes that he pronounces on these cities is this. When God does something, we are responsible to respond in a certain way. If you've seen God do something, you have a responsibility to be affected by it. And Jesus uh, pronounced a, a woe. He said there's a worse judgment waiting for cities in the Bible Belt than for these pagan cities. And I want you to know in light of that, the worshippers plea. Notice what these men said. We're back in uh, John chapter 12. And you'll notice this worshippers plea in verse 21b. It's what the men from Greece said. They simply said, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. This was their plea. That's worship. To them, God was worth it. They had come to the city of Jerusalem to worship at the feast at great uh, sacrifice of time and trouble and expense. And they'd made a great effort to be there, and they said, We want to see Jesus. Uh, can I just ask a question about our city? And our church here in Greenville—is it worth it to us to to worship? You know, I just want to ask. You know, Jesus said these other cities would have turned if they had had what you had. This is the message of Jesus. Is our city too proud to repent? What, What about our church? Do we find the faithful, regular dedication to the house of God to be worth it? Uh, are, are we affected by by many other things that we could do besides obey Jesus on a Sunday? You know, I just want to say, if a tornado and a lawsuit and a pandemic are not enough to humble this church, what will it take? What? would be worth it to us to worship? You see, that's worship. When God is worth it. And if God is not worth it, can I just say, I can't help. I cannot preach a sermon good enough to move someone who won't listen because something else is more important. And it doesn't take much these days. Our nation is so distracted from God. And God's just not worth it. It's not worth it to be a disciple. It's not worth it to be a follower of Christ. We want to wade in and dabble a little bit. But we don't want to dive in and really get surrendered and and just really become a, a deep, devoted, fully functioning follower of Jesus we don't really want to, uh, you know, to be serious. It's not worth it to us. Now, most of us, to be honest, sitting here this morning, we really want more than that. And in fact, I would say this, um, the This is judgment on my part, it's an assessment on my part, but I know you and I love you as I'm going to say something. I believe our church, to a person, really wants to see Jesus glorified. I hear it in your prayers. I go to the prayer group on Tuesday nights and I hear men saying, Lord Jesus, we want you to be glorified in our lives and, and in our church Well, how is he? Let's talk about for a moment the greater glory of Jesus because it's actually revealed in this passage. In verse 22, the Bible says, when these men gave their worshippers plea, Philip told Andrew and Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be what? Glorified. Alright, the greater of glory, excuse me, the greater glory of Jesus begins with this. We gotta open our mouths and start talking. Philip told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip told Jesus. It's sort of reminiscent of the very first encounter of these guys with Jesus back in John chapter uh, 2, where Andrew told his brother, We found the Lord, come and see. And so part of the glorification of Jesus is when Christians begin to be unashamed of the gospel, which is for Jews and for Greeks, and we open our mouths and start talking about Jesus. We talk about Jesus to people, and we talk to people about Jesus. We have conversations that turn into gospel conversations. We talk about it. That's the way we glorify it first is with our mouths and then there's this issue of timing jesus said the hour has come the time has come for the son of man to be glorified who gets to decide when it's time for god to be glorified you remember the movie gone with the wind big sam who's out in the field and uh the workers or working out in the field, and somebody, not Big Sam, he's the foreman, but somebody else said, quitting time! And Big Sam said, who said it's quitting time? He said, I'm the foreman, I say when it's quitting time. And then he said, quitting time! Now, you know, Big Sam later became a hero in the story because he rescued Scarlett. It's played by a guy named Everett Brown. it is a beautiful thing. Well, I want to tell you something about God's time in your life. It's God's prerogative to let you know when it's time for you to glorify him. And, you know, sometimes uh, we may have presented to us an opportunity to open our mouths and to say something about Christ. And what do we say? Well, I just don't think this is the right time. I think I'll wait till a better time. Well, who said it's not a good time? It's God's time. And I am going to tell you, one of these days, we're going to find for all of us that it's our time. That's what we actually say about someone, isn't it, John? When somebody passes away, when they go to be with the Lord, we may not understand why it happened or what the circumstances were. But what do we say? Well, it was just their time. And that's something God chooses. Part of the glorification of God is to open our mouths and to talk about Jesus. And another thing is to respect that when God puts an opportunity in your path, it's his job to choose the time. It's not ours. And glory for Jesus meant his self-denial, his humiliation, and his death on the cross. Notice what Jesus said. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. This means, of course, that Jesus was approaching the week we call his passion. He was about to humble himself and submit to arrest and crucifixion and burial. And that was when Jesus was glorified. You know, the son of the, uh, the disciples didn't understand glory, really. They wanted a part in the glory of Jesus. They asked if they could sit at his right hand and one at his left. Who's, who's going to sit by you, Jesus, at the table? Who's going to sit by you in the kingdom? They thought, man, this is going to be great. Jesus is about to become the king of Israel. It's going to be glory for him and glory for us. And Jesus sort of shattered that whole thing. When he helped them to understand that the glory of Jesus would happen when he died. And you will share in that glory when you share in his crucifixion. Now let's think about this for a moment. What does it mean to be crucified with Christ? What does it mean to die to yourself in order that Jesus may live. Well, the first thing we're going to see in this passage is that you have to die in order to multiply. Notice what the Bible says here. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of seed falls into the ground, a grain of wheat, and what? Dies, it remains alone. But if it dies... It produces much grain. Well, here's the beauty of this. When we die to ourselves, of course, that's when we really begin to live. And when we lose our selfishness, that's when we really find fulfillment and abundance and blessing. When we become not all about us and our desires and what we want, instead become all about serving and following Jesus and what he wants... That's when we discover the the bread of life begins not with an oven, not with a pantry, not with flour in a jar. The bread of life begins with a grain of wheat that goes into the dirt and dies. It's a picture, a metaphor of the dead body of Jesus planted in the ground like a grain of wheat. And in verse 25, Jesus amplifies this by saying, He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, what does this mean? To hate your life. I'm supposed to hate my life? Uh, loving uh, this world, hating my life, losing my life. What in the world does this mean, Lord Jesus? That's the question that we have to ask here. Thanks for listening today to His Mighty Hand, the radio ministry of the Highland Terrace Baptist Church located on Joe Ramsey Boulevard. Right here in Greenville, Texas. Join us each week at this time as we celebrate his work in our lives through...